0: This is the Monday Nooner Podcast, brought to you by... Healthy Eyes Optometry and Dr. Sean Fleming with two locations in Regina. Get your eyeballs checked at Healthy Eyes Optometry in Harbour Landing and on Rochdale. High Tech Profiles, the locally owned and operated steel processor serving the agricultural, mining, construction, oil and gas and creative industries. Serving Western Canada and the Northern U.S. for over 25 years. High-tech is your 24-7 solution to ensure that you meet your deadlines. Sports Clips in Regina. You need your salad cut and want to do it while watching sports? Why wouldn't a guy? Get your full VIP treatment, including the deadly steam towel and scalp massage, at Sports Clips Regina. Dave Price Century 21 Fusion in Saskatoon, your hard-working specialist that'll get your home or land sold. If you're looking to buy, get Dave Price at Century 21 Fusion in Saskatoon working for you.
1: This is former Saskatoon Raider, Rhett Warner, and you're listening to the Monday Nooner. And now we've got some shoving going on, and Warner up to Blue Ann! Here's Warner and Blue Ann! They want to start firing punches in behind the net! Here's Lambert going in.
2: Well, hello and a big welcome to all the degenerates and pigeons tuned in. Welcome to twirl number 61 of the Monday Nooner podcast. The podcast as always brought to you by our title sponsors, Rosetown Mainline Motors and of course Mainline Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep and Ram. Lots going on at those two great dealerships, guys, including a little Mainline Yahtzee promotion they got going on. We'll talk maybe a little bit about that. A little bit later on in the show, but first off, let's introduce introduce the guys. Barry from the basement. Barney Shinkra, how are you doing this week? Well, can I mention about
3: the Yahtzee in case we forget, though? I think we might as sure. well get... Sk- yeah, so uh, that's at the Chrysler store or is that at both? Anyways, it's mainline Yahtzee. You can win, so I guess you're just rolling uh, dice and it has a two-night staycation on it. $500 extended warranty, premium detail wash. Yard game of your choice. I wonder if they have tetherball is that an yeah. option $500 Visa gift card and uh, all weather floor mats so yeah we're going to get into more about
2: mainline there but
3: things are going well here boys how about with you
2: anytime there's dice involved I'm in a little <laughs> chucking of the die mainline nice. uh, Chrysler and Rosetown for sure Shane Belter how's it going this week well I haven't got a uh, Gwyneth
4: Peltro candle squirt in my face this week but hey the week is still young so uh, yeah and no, all ready to rock
2: and roll right on right on we've got a great show uh, coming up of course time for the come up with realty one
3: yeah we're gonna keep things tight we're gonna we're gonna try and shorten this one the last couple have been a little bit longer so we're gonna kind of shorten it obviously a recap of last episode a couple of great interviews in that one we're gonna touch on uh unfortunate circumstance up north in saskatchewan the Meadow lake arena i think well boss probably you and i have played in that barn in our day i don't know if shane has but a great facility it's, uh, it's gutted, kind of burnt here. So, we're going to try and touch on that. Uh, our interview this week, we've had Wade Redden. We've had Corey Sarich. We've had Robin Regeer. We are getting all like this the stud defensemen from the 90s in the province and the WHL. Tonight, it's Rhett Warner, an absolute clown. He's so funny uh, personable. So, Rhett Warner is going to join us he uh three stanley cup finals boys that's pretty 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 impressive when you think about it unfortunately he's got the
2: second place ribbons screwed in him a couple times once for sure of course with the whole brett hall thing and the other time with calgary when everybody (laughs) thought they scored and they didn't score so a couple heartbreaks for sure um yeah shout outs
3: uh take a seat, son. Get into our beer deal. Some teams are taking advantage of that. And just, yeah, some other quick stuff. So, yeah, that's the come up for Joel Trapp and Robbie Peterson. Real T1, anything you need, Real T Wise and Regina and area, those are the fellows to hook you up.
2: Let's get into the last show recap, of course, for Cathedral Electric and Gentle Procedures Saskatchewan. John Butchagrass last week. Of course, uh, we also had Kyle Ross on the show, a former senior hockey weapon. And I know a lot of people, uh, Locally, especially the Bethune, QPAR guys, uh, got a good kick out of Roscoe coming on the show last week as well. It's one of those
3: interviews where as soon as we were done it and guys listen to it, then you start getting a bunch of text messages and DMs about stories. And, and, you know, the common theme was Roscoe is an unbelievable guy. He works extremely hard. And I found out a little nugget about when he left QPAR to Bethune that was like a whole highway hockey league fiasco like angry war I'm not gonna bring it up really on here I'll I'll, over a a beer one day I'll mention it to you guys but great guy
4: and then John Butchagrass from
3: ESPN still can't believe he does the overtime challenge all by
4: himself just just takes his mom's station wagon just fills it up with hats heads down to the post
2: office (laughs) what did I see on one of his tweets that he said like one of the OT goal scorers this past week, he's like 20,000 people picked. Oh, or whoever it was. He's like, it's like, a, holy. it's a lot of numbers, not a numbers to put into
4: random.org.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's using random.org. I think he's just <laughs> picking, picking a few and moving on.
3: And I thought it was pretty cool though. He's on the, uh, he's on the up and up with what's going on with Connor Bedard too, with the Regina Pats, right, an ESPN uh, hockey guy
4: absolute weapon how could you not know that kid's going to be an absolute stud and hopefully hey hopefully we're going to have him on the show here uh maybe some point in time this summer no needle no scalpel vasectomy gentle
3: procedure saskatchewan.ca and cathedral electric the monday nooner electrician of choice in southern saskatchewan dave spooner he is busy right now air conditioner season oh you know what? let's mention flip-flop season again because oh, yeah. 22 fresh 15 percent off Anything you order, Monday Nooner's the code. Golf stuff, I think it's coming in soon. There was a delay with the crate, maybe in that whole Suez Canal thing. Uh, stuck. (laughs) Yeah, this crate got stuck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, but the 22 Fresh, you see, it seems so much of that stuff at the flag football games this weekend, it's like every other kid has something
2: 22 Fresh on it. So cool. You see it everywhere too, right? It's not just Regina. Like you go up to Northern Sask or even into Manitoba. Like it is so much bigger than where they started and how they've grown. And you see all these famous guys wearing it too. Like Clayton Kershaw posted a picture wearing a 22 fresh yeah. jacket. Yeah. Stud MLB picture. There's been a few other ones I've seen uh, Kip post. It's pretty cool. We were up in Waska Sioux last year and there we're some people from Alberta.
3: And then there were some people that, uh, from BC and we bought a hoodie for a birthday present for the Calgary kid, 22 Fresh. And they're like, oh, he's wanted one of these for a while. And they started talking about 22 Fresh. And my wife was like, yeah, you know, it's so so great, the, you know, Regina Company and all that. And these people were dumbfounded that it's based in Regina. They had no idea. They thought it was like, you know, Toronto, New York, Los Angeles. Like, no, it's a guy from Regina started. It's awesome. So, yeah. Uh, tw- any- anything you need, Monday noon is your code, 15% off. I need some new flip-flops. Father's Day is coming up let's go
2: i knew they were going to be a bit of a wagon
4: hey you know what guys let's get into shout outs uh let's get into shout outs right now synergy ag you need some par three go over there and see the boys yeah, anything yeah. i think egg local local crop input retailer in, uh, in Sasky. big supporters everything hockey and uh everything local so yeah go see those guys at Belcaris, Lumsden, pence yorkton Boven and Provost, pick up the phone, chat, plant analytics with these guys, and, uh, yeah, they'll get rid of your dandelions. I can attest to that. Hey, uh, I'm going to start it off. Since I got the ball rolling here, I'll just keep going. I seen a guy coached my daughter. I know he coaches your kid a little bit, uh, Shink, and I'm just, you know, at the football field this weekend, a little walk by. Hey, Belts, he says. You guys sure like sporting the uh, Nooner thing, you and Barney. Chad, Chad Reach. Oh, he's flaunting. Yeah. Chad, oh, he's flaunting it, hey? Oh, you guys, it's a good gig you guys got going there. It's pretty good. uh, Pretty good. I listen all the time. Hey, do you like doing it? Do you like doing it there? You guys are pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, old Chad, reach just tootin', giving us the gears. Hey, kind of the underhanded, like, he's got, so I got to say, Shink says to me, a reach without something to say is like a bird without a wing just nailed it it was good so yeah hey that's my shout out chad reach good seeing him at the rink and uh, and the football field he's always involved and i got he's great
2: with the kids good coach he helped my daughter a ton and uh showed her to that pigeon i was getting blasted too by a few guys this weekend for all the monday nooner stuff i had i'm like yeah i might need to mix in a few other things The hat, shirt Ball marker <laughs> went to pour a drink, used the nooner coffee mug. I'm like, this is kind of uh, it's a it's a bit much. I will well, admit. Uh, I got
3: a few here, at least two. First off, Ryan Pollock. Uh, we mentioned him before. He's got his uh, hockey academy that he started, and now he's the new GM of the Royal Regina. His first day at work, maybe it was a second day. He sat at the first tee Men's Day and just greeted. Every foursome that was going out. Now, that is the kind of guy you want. And you know what? Not drinking, not, you know, hooting and ha ho- just, you know, giving people a fist pump and chatting away. And I'm sure he will have the odd beer. But yeah, that golf course is, uh, he's got a, they got a winner in Ryan Pollock. So uh, shout out to him. Great guy. And then how about Travis Linford? Remember him, Boz? From Raymore. The pilot, pilot from Siemens. I think he's from Siemens region, lives in Raymore. So he was, uh, he had a tweet that he was flying the 737 Max WestJet to Mexico. He was jacked to be back in the in the seat heading down to Mexico. Man, did that get the juices flowing about traveling. So, Travis Lindford, our, our pilot, resident pilot from the Siemens-Raymore area. Shout out to him.
2: I got a couple new listeners uh, of the program. Some guys I met that uh, decided to tune in and they had some kind words. One guy up in Saskatoon, his name is Landon Cron. He's a bit of a sandbagger on the golf course. Just tuned in for the first time, really enjoyed it, he uh, said, so appreciate all the new listeners. Had a couple longtime listeners uh, as well, guys, messaging us, and a couple of them sending us some picks in their new Monday Nooner Pick'em Hats, courtesy of GB Construction, and of course, courtesy of Talbot Marketing. Uh, buddy there out in Rokenville, Brad Hickman, sporting his new bucket on Twitter, and also uh, Kent Sauter, who won a Pick'em a while ago, and... Uh, kindly reminded me like hey i haven't gotten that hat yet so i sent him a couple one for his dad obviously a guest a couple shows ago doug solder so they're both going to be sporting those saski flag hats on uh, golf kenosi here over the next couple weeks
4: that's sandbagging son of a bitch. C- cron's the
3: last name yeah i want to hear a quick story about a cron at a teacher mrs cron grade think two grade two did you ever have the strap in school belts back in the day or no oh. Nope. Okay, so I got threatened with it. But Mrs. Cron, you remember the long rulers, the wood ones, like oh, yeah. the real ones? Wow. There was at 100 centimeters or whatever they are. She smashed one over my ass and broke it. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Cron, King George school. Never forget it. Didn't even really hurt. That was the thing.
4: <laughs> you know you've made it.
2: it might be my buddy's uh, grandma. Grandma maybe. Never, see if could she, be. See if she could be. Taught at King George. Hey, I got one more. Uh, A couple senior hockey teams. It's awesome that we haven't had much senior hockey in the last two years, but there's still some japping going on on uh, Twitter. So we talked last week about the Craig Warriors golf tournament. Of course, the Wadena Wagons golf tournament. And Craig sent us a tweet, said, sorry, we missed tagging you on this. Uh, Had a few too many cocktails kind of thing. Uh, paraphrasing, they said, "Oh well, we do have golf carts." It's 2021. Tough times in Wadena. <laughs> Wadena bit back at Craig. Said the cart situation is not ideal, but neither is playing senior hockey at the <laughs> crepit old barn you guys call a rink. <laughs> And then Craig says, sorry, we can't hear you. Our Wheatland banners are plugging our ears. So uh, oh.
3: <laughs> you love the
2: off-season jobs. I know the Allen Flames uh, were chiming in with some gifts as well. It's uh, fun to see and can't wait till we get playing again. And uh, the rivalry back up and running.
3: I may be a nerd. Belts, maybe this is something for me. But I am looking forward to watching Craig play Wadena next year.
0: Oh,
4: hell yeah. That's going to be great. We'll have to make a little road trip up there. Yeah.
2: Boz, I don't know if you should come. I think they were like about <laughs> to play before hockey shut down, right? Cuz uh Wadina well, came out and uh swept Knistro and then I think Craig beat Allen and or Jansen or somebody in a couple quickens. I think they had games like 2 weeks before the shutdown and yeah, I was all fired up to watch those two, so you know should what be we- good. Sorry, Bells, go ahead.
4: No, I and uh, my my last shout out tonight actually uh former uh former pal of ours, well, still a pal of ours, but a former uh, co-host of ours, <laughs> Mr. Sean Kindup, he he took one of those stupid things that you see where it's like, pick your month, pick your day da da whatever Saturday. it is, and he's like, he posted that to Twitter. but it was actually, this one was like super accurate. He's like, Mrs. K is now McDavid, and I am a bus driver, <laughs> like it nailed it. Right? Like, so anyway, shout out to that ugly pigeon. And uh, we know he's tuned in, even though B10s, he doesn't listen to us.
3: <laughs> shout outs, as always, for Synergy AGK. I got a segue here. And then uh, you can maybe get into the- You know it's
2: a good segue when you got to call it a segue. <laughs> I love it. You can I mean, maybe get go. into
3: the uh, Rosetown mainline stuff here, Boz, in this. So I'm driving down Rochdale in Regina last week. And I see this red- Silverado truck, older model, like probably early 2000s. You know, the ones with the no back seat. What is that called when they just like it's just like two, but it's just the bucket seat? There's no back half time. What do you mean, like a truck, like a single cap? Single cap, single okay. Cap. There we go. There we go. There we go. This guy has Harley Davidson stickers everywhere on this red Silverado. Loud muffler guy to boot. No, I'm not talking. I'm not talking like small Harley Davidson stickers. I'm talking like the size of hockey pants on the hood, on the side, on the back. So this red Silverado truck with these big Harley Davidson stickers, I have to, what does this guy want? Does he, does does he want a Harley? Does he work for Harley? Is he just a Harley (laughs)
2: Hardo and can't get one? And he just has the loud muffler and the
3: stick. I don't, what is that guy? That's know, Harley that's guy. I think a Harley. lot of
2: people are like that about Harley Davidsons. You know, that's one of those brands that people are super like Harley guy is, is it. He's like, he, he, it's like us. It's like, you're all in on the nooner. You just wear nooner stuff,
4: yeah. noon stickers, you're Harley guy, Harley stickers. This yeah, thing Harley you're, golf balls. You're...
3: you're all in when you're a Harley guy for sure. This thing was borderline wrapped anyway. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's a, he's just a Harley heart. Okay. That, uh, that wraps up that. But speaking of Silverado's, Mainline GM in Rosetown, it is Truck Nation. Save up to 10000 on Sierra and Silverado 1500s. 36 trucks set to land this month. So there you go. If you're looking for a Silverado or Sierra, call the good folks at GM in Rosetown. Rosetown Mainline GM. And then across the way, as Boz mentioned off the hop, the Chrysler store, mainline Yahtzee promo going on, so you can win a bunch of stuff. And then the discounts twelve thousand seven hundred and fifty on the fifteen hundred Ram Classic. Jeep Cherokee, almost ten grand in uh in savings there. How's your mom's Jeep?
2: She's good, I think. She's one of those people. She's still got her uh Equinox. Oh and uh yeah. Double like, SUV. I don't know why, buy a brand new vehicle and be like, yeah, I'm just going to drive the old one and only, you know, bring the good one out from time to time. Let it church. sit in the garage. Oh yeah. shit. It's
3: the
4: Jeep to church.
3: Oh shit. I got to bring this up. And this is a question, boss. I got to ask you seriously, Shane, you won't get, you'll know this Shane. Okay. When someone in a small town buys a new truck, how long
2: before they drive it into town? Oh, <laughs> a while. Yeah. Most people wait a while. Like my dad will buy, like my dad bought a side-by-side and he's like trying (laughs) to keep it a secret. It's like, nobody cares that you have a side-by-side. Like all of your neighbors also have (laughs) side-by-sides. Modest, old, small town. Yeah. Yeah. I heard, don't want people to think you're rich. I'm like, you've worked for 50 years. You're allowed to have a side-by-side. Like this is anyway, I heard
3: some guys at the Royal talking about that. It's like, yeah. And I said, I wonder what the what the etiquette is in the small town. When can I drive my truck into town before they start? This they don't think I'm a snob or stuck up or rich. Yeah, I, <laughs>
2: yeah. I, I don't know what the time is, but it's definitely a thing. So uh, yeah, <laughs> next time you're in Rose town, farmers, swing by the lot. Maybe pick one out that's going to sit in your garage for the next three <laughs> to six months. And uh, was well, just just popped into my
4: mind. So I'm just gonna we may as well just segue right into this right now. I talked to Curtis today from Arrow Plumbing and Heating, and they are looking to hire. He is, uh, he really wants to hire an AC guy, apprentice, second year, third year, fourth year, whatever you are, pay well. And they, uh, they need a guy, so hop on down there, Aero Plumbing Heating. They always sponsor our hunting, fishing, tirade, collectible, pigeon parlay, you name it segment. Pause. So, what?
2: what is that? Like, I don't, I don't really know what that job entails. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a former. I,
4: Yeah, they're looking for guys to install air conditioners to fix air conditioning units, do some commercial work on freezers, stuff like that. I think they call them like condensers. I'm not a huge AC guy, but I know a little bit about it. So this
3: is the guy, they go to like uh, Kelsey in Saskatoon. uh, My buddy went, it was like Refrigeration Tech. Isn't that what it's called?
4: Yeah, Refrigeration Tech. Yeah, that's
3: exactly what it's called.
4: HVAC Refrigeration Tech.
3: You know where these guys are really important? Slurpee machines.
4: (laughs) Oh. Because you got to have it just right. If it's too hard, the ice hurts your – got to crunch yeah. on it, right? It doesn't slip down good, and you don't get the headache. Yeah. Played flag football in Saskatoon with a guy named
3: Jimmy Box, our best receiver by far. He would be on call, and it would be – they had the 7-Eleven contract. He'd be like, ugh, so I've got to rip the Pine House, fix the slurpy machine at 7-Eleven. <laughs> I'm like, no, you can't. We're playing. He's like, i got to go. It's like 7-Eleven's huge
2: contract, obviously, oh, yeah, right? Rock. Yeah. I thought that was a Slurpee repair repairman. I didn't know that was a <laughs> – so Perfect. what would Curtis at Arrow, like obviously he'd be a good guy to work for or what?
4: Curtis would be a great guy to work for. Yeah. Uh, Old timer, super guy. And uh, yeah, pretty, pretty laid back dude. He, uh, he's a great guy and uh, yeah, I'd love to work for him. I've told him I'm going to work for him in 10 years, but uh, I don't want any
3: receipts in 10 years. He would buy a truck and park it cause he wouldn't want to be driving around a new truck. Is oh, he's
4: totally, yeah. He'd be totally the guy that wouldn't bring it into town. He's that, he's modest. <laughs> like he'd be like, eh, better not. Or he like really mudded up before he brought it in. Right and throw lots of mud and dirt on it and then he might bring it in. I went yeah, in, no, Curtis is a great guy.
3: When I went into their place actually, not to go off too long on this, you know what I, it was really organized and really clean. And yeah, I was because you know if you go into some of those places and they got crap laying yeah. everywhere, they got shit this uh, yeah, aero plumbing. Yeah, I would I would I would work there. If I was there Slurpee guy,
4: Slurpee guy. Burn up new 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 uh new Slurpee guy. <laughs> You'd fit right in with Slurpees there. <laughs> 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 Anyway, that's your old plumbing and eating. And, uh, hey, so anyway, I got a great story. I got a great fishing story. There was a fishing tournament this weekend, and I, and I wasn't involved in it. I'm too busy with me and Barney with the football field all
2: weekend, and, and I had some baseball. Hey, Go ahead. Before you get into it, did they ever catch net in the bottom of the lake, guy? <laughs> no, they haven't.
1: They
4: haven't or caught dog, dog kennel, guy.
2: Dog kennel, guy. They
4: haven't caught him, but there's, like, new rules. We'll get into this in the next show. me. There's new rules surrounding it. Like, the drama just keeps rolling with that. It's awesome in the fishing world, but – this, this could be kind of a shout-out and a uh, segue into a great story. My buddy Rob Frittani, uh, he listens to the show a little bit. Super guy. He used to be the president of our trail and stuff. Anyway, fishing this tournament this weekend, and uh, day two, I guess, they make one more pass, and they catch this big fish, and they kind of wanted to catch one more. But time's up. Like, they got to go. To get back to get their fishing you got to get your fishing at a certain time in the tournaments right they try again do another pass don't catch another one they try to make it in they end up being like 10 minutes late these pigeons because it's so rough so he's dq'd and that's happens lots like guys get dq'd but anyway this dumbass stays in line because you got nothing better to do he goes oh i want to see what my fish weigh." oh no so he goes in to weigh his fish knowing he's dq'd well weighs his fish guy comes down and he gives him these weights so when you catch a big fish, there are sometimes like, it'd be like catching me, right? Like I'm fat and I'm heavy. So I'll fight you really hard for a little while. And then you get me up and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so tired. So you got to like chuck weights on me to like hold me down to the bottom. Got like boss, hook him, couple little reels, but he's in the boat and he fires around the libel because he's not tired. You put these weights on, you're not allowed to have them all when you weigh in. So he takes them off, gives it to Rob. He says, you're DQ'd. And Rob says, yeah, jokes on you. I'm already DQ'd. You got double DQ'd this weekend on the same day. Never (laughs) happened before. So it's my new trivia question in the fishing world. So anyway, thought of a kind of a funny story. My buddy Rob Frittani and a little little Jap in there for Aeroplumbing and Heating. Looking for a refrigeration tech and a Slurpee repairman.
3: (laughs) All right. Now time for the interview for MortgageForMyCoach.com and Kent Bittner and his team. Need a mortgage? mortgagefrommycouch.com, fill it all out online, see what you're going to qualify for, the rate, and then Kent and his team will contact you, and you can basically do it all online these days. 45 years old, born in Shonovan, Saskatchewan. You're going to get to, it says he grew up in Frontier, Saskatchewan. We're going to talk about that a bit before moving to Saskatoon. He was a staple for the Saskatoon Blades for a lot of years. Played in the NHL, three straight, or three, not straight, but three Stanley Cup appearances buffalo sabers florida panthers calgary flames all finishing second there drafted in 1994 and he played from 95 to 2009 here is rhett warner Rhett Warner, thanks so much uh, for jumping on. i was saying to these guys at the beginning of the show, we've had, you know, Robin Regeer, we've had Red, or we've had Redden, we've had Sarich, uh We've had some pretty good weapons uh, from that era when you played. Uh, now now we have you, and I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So what are you up to? You're saying you're living in Calgary now, you got some kids. What's what's the Rhett Warner uh,
1: program like? Well, I do we have to start on a depressing note or can we start on something <laughs> more uplifting? <laughs> no, I got three boys. Yeah. Uh, I did my career exact opposite of the way you should. I should have started in Calgary and went from Calgary to Buffalo to Florida, but I went Florida, Buffalo, Calgary. And typically where, wherever you, uh, last put the laces on or the skates on is where you retire. So we decided to to stick around Calgary, but it's it's been good to me. It's nice and close to home. Are are your so your boys uh they're doing like a lot of hockey
3: too? Spring hockey hockey dad? Are you going every which direction in the winter?
1: I'm uh I'm the anti hockey dad. Oh. So every every team that my kid plays for, they are lots of parents, they come up to me and they're all excited about hockey and <laughs> wow, should we do this? Should we do that? What about some early morning skates and maybe some breakfast clubs uh, get some extra ice. And I'm like, are you nuts? Like, no, there's rinks. It's cold all winter. There's rinks outside. Get out. I don't need them on the ice uh, being coached all the time, but we're busy with sports, but I would, I would really not call myself a, uh, not a overly overly pushy in the hockey department.
3: Not a heart, hockey hardo dad then. No.
1: No. Yeah. So
3: okay, I, I got to get this straight because I remember you playing for the Raiders in Saskatoon. You were a year older than me, <laughs> but you 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 born in Shaunavan and then you live in Frontier till what age? How does that all work?
1: Well, you. If you're from sask you should know that there's not hospitals in every town like come on <laughs> yeah So no the, the the closest hospital was in uh was in shaunavans so yeah we mom made it all the way there before i was born so that was good but no i'm i'm from frontier just born in Shaunavon. i never slept the night in Shaunavon. so what did your
3: dad yeah. do what did your dad do like what were you guys doing down there and then what brought you guys to saskatoon
1: uh I don't think he did anything cuz we never had any money so <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he he worked for uh, uh, some of you guys might remember being farm kids uh Frigstad's manufacturing which was uh, was a big outfit Olaf Frigstad and the boys from Frigstad started that up in Frontier and then uh, the Sumex they re- they owned Flexicoil and Flexicoil bought Frigstad's and that's when we moved to Saskatoon Oh, wow. Did he, did he ever get to fly on the Summit float plane into Christopher Lake? Oh, I think so. He spent a lot of time on the flights with, uh, <laughs> with the Summit kids. Uh, lots, <laughs> lots of flying.
2: So your NHL career, you were a steady stay-at-home D-man when you were a kid. Were you a stud? Like, were you potting three, four goals a game, rushing uh, up the <laughs> ice?
1: I, I don't know. I, I, still, I still remember my first ever hockey game in, in uh, Climax, Saskatchewan right down the road from frontier. And honest to God, I still remember I was standing on the blue line, like a good defenseman, right? We're in the offensive zone. I'm on the blue line and my dad is at the glass and he's kind of like, you can go in a little bit there, you know? (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh uh, 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 uh. So we're driving home after the game and he's like, it's okay if you go inside the blue line. Nope. I think I'll just stay right there, dad. That's a good spot for me.
2: So was your uh, was your dad a hockey player? Was your mom athletic? Like did this uh you know hockey gene come from from above generation nope. before?
1: Well, I don't
2: No. No,
1: it wasn't an athletic uh it wasn't over I mean I I think dad played hockey, but he wasn't no good at it. So <laughs> uh it wasn't uh, I'm sure he helped coach even. We had a guy by the name of Jim Curry who was involved in Hockey Canada a lot. Was in Frontier and he coached all the kids. He was a teacher down there, so I think that you don't realize it when you're six years old. But they, pro- you know, I think, there's a lot of influence that comes from guys like that early on in your career. So, but I, I think mostly the hockey was like any Saskatchewan kid. What else were you going to do all winter? You went to the rink, and I mean, you were literally on the ice for hours and hours and hours. So it, uh, it was the only thing we really had to do. What year? What years do you guys? What year do you guys move to Saskatoon then? Uh, I think it was around eighty four.
3: Oh, so, okay okay so uh, what I remember was the Raiders in the maroon cooperalls with the yellow stripe and the white and you know what was unfair Brandon and Shane was there was that one year overlap so I think it was Adam and Peewee where the Raiders had Warner and Sopel. Sopel's a 77 so it was like wow come on like the two of the best d men in the you know in the area you remember those days a lot probably eh?
1: I do, and I played lots of ball with Sopel too, and we would always go to the baseball tournaments together. His old man Bernie would take us. So, yeah, lots of hockey with Sopes. I don't, again, I don't remember us being any good. Maybe we were. You guys
3: had a goalie, and he was really overweight the one year. I remember. <laughs> he was a really, really big character.
1: I, I'm, I'm not naming names. We're <laughs> fat kids. <laughs>
3: what uh okay here's here's a good saskatoon one what uh i think i asked michael garnett this one Do you remember the old sports stores were you a mayfair sports hub city sports outland where, where did you where did you go and get your blade sharpened and all that with dad
1: boy there was a i, I think it was mayfair uh, it was in the lawson heights mall
3: no no that, that would have been uh oh, i didn't even know it was that I was i never ventured up that uh-huh. area
1: I just know that we would. That's where we used to go: was the Lawson Heights Mall, or the the crazy old guy at the. Uh, oh, was it? Was it the Kinsman Arena? Mike, Mike Cushain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He would be right on it. He was pretty serious about it. He had to be careful going in that back room. (laughs) Do you remember playing, uh, I told these
3: guys also in another episode, the original twin rinks in like Western Canada was the Wheatland A and the Wheatland B. Do you remember, there was no partition. The whistle would blow on one ice
1: and it would like stop. (laughs) (laughs) I can remember they came to watch because I was going to move up a year at the Wheatland and I didn't know my dad wanted me to move up to Adam or P I don't know what years it was. And so I decided the coach came in before the game. He goes, who wants to play goalie? And I raised my hand. I let in nine. I think I didn't, I didn't put on much of a show.
2: So what age, uh, I mean, you end up with, with the blades, but you're drafted in the Bantam draft. Like what age do you start thinking that, you know, you are pretty good and you are going to be playing at the next level.
1: playing at the next level, like the dub. Yeah. it. it, My first year was the first year of the draft, and I didn't even know it existed, to be quite honest with you. I, I tell this to lots of people. My family was so small town, and we were so naive that it probably was a benefit. Like, we had no idea that there was maybe a little bit of politics to this and that things were happening. It was basically... Get there 15 minutes before the game and get out there and try to go. But so I honestly, Daryl Lubinicki phoned me. I was on the phone after school one day and Daryl Lubinicki phoned and it was in the old era where you could click over. So I it was beeping. So I clicked, I was talking to my girlfriend. So I clicked over and it was Luby and he said, Is Rhett, yeah, it's, this is Rhett. Rhett, I just want to, you know, we drafted you. Congratulate, and I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're crazy. Like, <laughs> I'm, and, I, and literally, my girlfriend's on the other line. So I'm like, that's great. Uh, can you call back later? I'm, I, I got things to do here. So I clicked and went back to more important things.
3: Got a big date at the Lawson Height Food Court.
1: Yeah. Height- <laughs> get a roller skates.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you know what's crazy about that draft? So you go uh fifth to Saskatoon. Curtis Brown goes to Moose Jaw. After uh, who's some other names here that went? There was Jason Isler. Adam good...
1: Smith, Jason Weimer. You just want Sask? Well,
3: Chad Allen, right, went to the Blades yeah. too in round three. You know who never? Oh. You know who never went in that draft? That was probably the best player in the province as a seventy-six. Jeff Friesen. He never got drafted to Regina? Too
1: small they say. Oh, I remember playing Freezy all the time and around in the tournaments. And my a good buddy of mine that lives here, he still laughs about it cuz freezing would go blasting down the ice, go by me and score a goal, and then it'd be like, "Oh, Damn it. I got scored on and he burnt me. So I'd get the puck and I'd go blast it down the ice and <laughs> try to score a goal. And every time we score, we he would tap me on the shin pads. Like he'd let me know, I would, hey, I scored on you. I'm like, you son of a-
3: <laughs> the, the Metal Lake Green Machine. They had the green and white Cooperalls and it just like their jersey just said Metal Lake.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, high-end stuff there. So <laughs> uh, so what was your blazer? T-? You played AAA with the Blazers? Triple A with the Blazers. My brother had played there uh, for a year, so we kind of had a bit of a connection. I don't. I mean, I, I they wanted me to play there. I sound like I'm kind of tooting my horn here, but as a 14 year old, they wanted me to play. But my dad's like, No, 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 you're too young for that. And he was probably right. So, so no. The next year, uh, I played as a 15 year old there with uh, guys like Timmy Lofsgard and Shannon Brisky. Clark Wilm was there. Chad Allen. Actually, both the Brisky brothers. Byron was there as well. So we had a good team. We uh, We won the Provincials that year. We really? lost the first two games to Notre Dame. Uh, and then we had a big brawl and kicked the snot out of them. And then we got rallied and and, and wound up beating them the next three games to go on to uh, the regionals where we got stomped by some teams in Winnipeg. But what we rink, had a really good squad.
3: What rink did the Blazers play out of back then? Well it's
1: called the blue line then. Oh, I don't know if it is. Yeah. Agor twin. It was nice and cold, I'll tell you that. Minus 45. Ooh, baby.
3: <laughs> Good for the North Ender. Nice and nice and close, though. So then uh you start doing the blades thing. So you play blades as a 16 year old that first year WHL. The, the kind of the year that I want to talk about is at 93, 94, because I was a, a bit of a big fan. And you guys, you know, we had Frank Bannam on. You guys gave uh, Kamloops, uh, you know, all you could handle. What, what do you remember about that year? Because that was pretty magical for the city, right? Saskatoon hasn't had a lot of those wagons.
1: No, they had. And and, and Mullican came in and started coaching the year, I think, before I started playing. And they, I think they went to the finals against Camloops that year, too. So there was a couple, about four years apart where they played Kamloops in the, in the WHL finals that year, we were good. We were a good team and we were tough. Like I think probably Portland was the only other team that could even ha- come close to, to maybe handling the toughness. Like we had, I think at the start of the year, we had Raider and Trombley, Mike Gray, uh, I don't know if Yak was still there, but Willem and Allen could both scrap. Shane Calder was kind of fine. McAllister, Belak. Belak. We had a, we had a tough, tough squad, but we had a good squad too. Mark Dale, uh, Frankie Banham. Mark Watton was there, I believe Tibbets was there. We the A lot of depth, a lot of guys that had played a few years together. We just, uh, sadly, and I don't blame them, but, uh, we didn't get those damn saves in game seven. So uh, it started to pile up real quick. And and you can't take it. That Kamloops team, it's funny. As good as we were, uh, they had way more guys go pro and have long NHL careers than we did. We had a few handful of guys, but they had a, a lot.
2: Was that when Bannum told the story about he got hurt in game six, some cheap shot or something like that? It was. And he I was, came back I was, and played game seven.
1: Yeah, he had the big uh, football cuff on his neck thing. Lukowicz took a shot at his neck as he was lying on the ice. It wasn't the best, but kids were pretty mean back then. <laughs> we didn't mind a little rough.
2: <laughs> what was uh, what was Mooner like? He was a uh, hard coach, grumpy old guy.
1: wasn't uh, old Wasn't
2: old then, I guess. But
1: no, he wasn't old then. He was a lot of fun. I liked him. I I, I think it's easier to coach too when the team's good. So we, we typically had good teams when I was there. I loved him, though. He was honest. He played you if you worked for him. Uh, he liked the rough stuff. He liked you to have a tough team. So we probably had too much fun, and we got in a lot of trouble, and we stressed him out. But uh, when we came to the rink, boy, we, we knew what was expected.
3: Did he catch you at the bar? Because at, at, he's probably
1: gallivanting with the assistant coaches back then, too. Yeah. My idiot brother, we were on a road trip in Red Deer, and he's in the bar with the coaches, which is fine, and we're doing the old Red Deer, Medicine Hat, Lethbridge, and then go home three games in a row. And he comes knocking on the door, and he grabs me, and, hey, come for a drink. I'm sitting in this hotel room. I'm like, ah, probably, all right, I'll come (laughs) with you. So I'm sitting on the bed in this hotel room, and it's our assistant coach. He was in the can. He walks out. He's like, what What the? are you guys doing get that it was old dave sharche he flipped his lid he kicked our door down and, oh it was not a good scene we had to go three for three on that road trip boys hey so the 94
4: the 94 draft you get selected 27th overall by the panthers did you did you have any inclination you were going to go there in that spot where you was that expected
1: uh i'd kind of eaten and drank my way out of the first round so i wasn't exactly sure where i was gonna end up so the old small town upbringing most kids for lunch when they went to school would get like a little tuna sandwich i'd go home and mom would have steak sandwich with mashed potatoes and extra gravy like how much toasted bread do you want like just you know, again naive knew nothing about nutrition And I found out I liked beer and nachos, and I absolutely consumed as many as I could.
2: So 27th overall, you mentioned you maybe slipped down a little bit. What's the highest you thought you could have went in that draft or the highest you might have been projected at any one point? I
1: I had a really good rookie year for the Blades. I think I was for sure rated around five, I think, in the world. So I I dropped quite a ways, rightfully so. We went to Japan. I didn't even, again, naïve. The Ivan Halinchka Cup was in Japan. I didn't even know this thing existed, and they phoned me early July, I think, and they're like, "Hey, you made the team," and I'm like, "What's this? What team? What are, <laughs> team Canada?" I'm like, "Oh, okay, great." So you got to go to Toronto and uh, and go to a couple of skates with the coaches, and then you fly over to Japan. I'm so fat, I can't skate. Like I I haven't skated in months. I didn't ride a bike. I didn't know what a weight room was. And I go over to Japan, and I'm, i I absolutely crushed a guy center ice first game. But after that, I think I was benched pretty much the rest of the way. So the writing was it was kind of started to dawn on me that maybe it was a little more off ice effort was needed.
3: Did you uh, did you find a nice nacho? Maybe some sapparos over there. Once you were
1: scratched. The beauty about that place is they got the beer vending machines right on the street. You just plunk a few quarters and you're ready to go. Uh. Uh,
3: so then uh, what was your case? So let's uh, your, your when you sign, what was your first? We've asked some guys this. There's been some beauty Sask uh, answers. What was the first uh, kind of stupid purchase or big purchase you made when you signed?
1: Oh, I treated the boys to a case of baby duck. <laughs> Yeah, we went all out. I took it over to a friend's house, and it was such a long day. It took forever. Chad Allen was actually at my house, and we were good friends, and we we spent lots of time together. And I, I, the, my agent, Herb Pinder, who's from Saskatoon, he had said, yeah, we're, this is going to get happening and this and that. Well, we don't own a fax machine, and this is the day of the fax. So it's like he's phoning, and he's like, hey, we're going to fax you this deal, and I'm, it's at 11 at night. And it's got to be in before midnight because the CBA was changing, and I'm like, "Well, where are you faxing this thing? We don't have a fax machine. Like, what are you talking about?" <laughs> so he had to phone his wife, and I had to drive over to her, their house in Riverside. I didn't sign it till about eleven forty, so it, it worked out. And then I stopped at the Fox and Hound, <laughs> and got the case of Baby Dachshund. Way we went, baby. I was gonna, I was just gonna say, on the way home, did you stop for nachos at Fox and Hound? <laughs> I didn't bother with the nachos. I didn't want to ruin my, uh, my buzz. Uh,
2: so it is a second round, because you were first pick in the second round, like if you would have been a first rounder, there might have been a couple cases of baby duck maybe.
1: <laughs> you know what, though? That was the be- uh, best thing. I'm fortunate I went the second round and to the team I went to. Because if I go four picks earlier, it's Boston, Detroit, the Rangers who just won, maybe Jersey. I'm not making Jersey's D-squad. Like, Sorry. I'm going to spend the rest of my career floundering in the minors. So Florida was an old team, no kids because it was the expansion draft. It was their third year of existence, and they wanted to go get younger. So I I was kind of lucky. It's kind of lucky to get there.
3: That 95-96 year then, do you start in Florida? Do you go to the AHL, but then you end up playing uh, in the World Juniors as well?
1: Yeah, I started in Florida. And so the last exhibition game, and uh, uh, Dwayne Sutter told me this, they they weren't sure, and they were thinking they're probably going to send me back because I didn't fight Chris Gratton in the second last exhibition game. And so the last exhibition game was in uh, Miami, and I fought Kelly Chase and Mark Jansons, and that kind of – Put me on the team and Ed Jovanovsky this didn't hurt either. Ed Jovanovsky kicked the snot out of Brandon Shanahan and everybody broke his hand. And it was like, everyone watched that fight. was like, Whoa, look out for this guy. And so he busted his hand and I played the first nine games of the year. And then he came back and I was in and out of the lineup in and out of the lineup. I went to, I went to the world juniors and I went down to the minors for two weeks And then I I didn't play a lot. I only played 20, I forget it was, 25 games maybe that year. But then I played 21 of the playoff games. Again, someone got hurt. I think it was Gord Murphy got hurt right before the playoffs started, which got me back in the lineup.
2: Now, I just want to go back to that fight with Chaser because he's a former guest on our show too. Um, You know, you, you mentioned how that kind of helped you make the team. A couple of Saskatoon Blade alumni going at it. Was that like you wanted a fight or he wanted a fight or how did that happen? And so
1: remember how grapes used to say you fight three times in training camp. And I didn't really, it it wasn't a, it it happened for me though. I had a terrible first game and about five minutes left. I'm like, I better do something. So I fought uh, Chad Cabana and first exhibition game against uh, uh, Toronto. I fought Todd Porowski and in the last exhibition game against Hartford, I fought Chase and Jansen. Now, Chaser the year before, because of the lockout, had spent a bunch of time skating with the blades with us, so I knew him, and that's what kind of why the fight started. I kind of took a run at him, and he's like, "Don't you take advantage of the friendship there, pal?" And I'm like, "Chaser, I'm trying to make the NHL. If we got to go, let's go." And so he, it wasn't much of a fight. He actually had a broken hand, but I call it a good, great fight for me. Great fight for me. Well,
3: Mark Jansen, man, like that's no slouch and, and you go him as well.
1: That was not my choice. He was picking on Radic, Dvorak and I was the only other guy on the ice. It was one of those, ah, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I held on
3: for dear life in that one too. You guys won gold at that world junior. What was that like again? was a stud on that team. You guys had a good squad. Where was it?
1: Uh, I was in uh, Boston, or w- 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 I Worcester. It. Worcester. Worcester, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was kind of the first year that the, the Americans were supposed to be good, and we played them the first game in front of a packed house, and we we snot-bubbled them. I think it was 7-2 to two or something. And then no one came to watch another game the rest of the tournament, just our parents. Uh, <laughs> we, I think it was the fifth year in a row we won as Team Canada, but we were probably the least talented of all five of those teams, right? Like we had good teams. Jose Theodore and Mark Denis were in goal. Iggy, Lankow, Christian Dubé were up front. I think Curtis Brown was on that team too. But I, when, you, when you compare Team Canada's, we weren't really upper echelon. The World Juniors in Saskatoon,
3: and that was, you know, the barn, the SAS Place was brand new for the most part. The Blades Memorial Cup the year before. And then this World Junior team and Lindros was just like a man amongst boys wasn't he?
1: He was a monster. I remember going to the games and we went to the watch him and and everyone was talking about that guy just how he crushing guys and he was he was it was like a different world cuz he was a he was like a tight end from the NFL yeah. playing kids hockey. It was no fair for other people.
3: I remember he was such a stud that he didn't even have to do up his eye tech. He just left it hanging <laughs> down. I watched it again in COVID last year, the gold medal game, and I'm like, fucking guy didn't even do up his helmet.
1: Those <laughs> cocky kids from Ontario, you get.
3: Yeah. So that playoff run and, and playing in you know in the Miami area at that young age, and let's be honest, you like to you like to give her. Um, you know what was that playoff run like? And you know, just as so young. <laughs>
1: Like I said at the start, I did my career backwards because I'd have fit in better as a rookie in Calgary, kind of more small town. Me in Miami, sort of thought, man, I did not fit in down there. Very awkward. We had a veteran team. They were unbelievable leaders. And I say this, so we played Pittsburgh in the semifinals. So we went to game, seven games. Well, you just compare the lineups, take your time and go look at that. It's not even – we shouldn't even be in the same arena. But the leadership of our veteran group was so good that we just, as young kids, we just idolized. You looked up to them, Brian Scroodland, uh, Jeff Smith, Terry Carpenter, Mike Huff, Dave Lowry, lots of guys that you don't even hardly remember their names. And we had Beezer and Nett, who was playing unbelievable. Jovanovsky was a stud on defense. But it was a grinder group the veteran guys made us focus on playing hockey and that's why we were able to compete. We weren't, there was no one going down to Miami. There was no uh, staying up late. It was, it was, it was a good thing. It's less fun, but it was a good thing because we had a lot of success on the ice and and the crowds. I, I don't think I can describe how the crowds in Miami became part of the, the, culture is it's hard to describe because they didn't know what hockey was like they didn't know. And the first game of the year in Miami, people have heard the story that racked round down the the tunnel and everyone's hopping on their, on their uh, locker and their stalls, trying to get out of the way and and Bell kills it. And then it becomes year of the Rat. and everything. They were so involved and engaged with that team. It was unbelievable. (laughs) And Brian Scroodland, I hated at the time, but to his credit, we would go out of the practice rink, and there would be an hour-and-a-half to two-hour line of people wanting autographs, and the team mandate was you sign every damn one. You sign every one. 97 degrees out, humidity. You changed about seven shirts trying to go through this line to sign autographs, but he made sure you signed them all.
2: What do you remember about you know obviously after you mentioned Pittsburgh but you play Colorado and they're just a freaking wagon and obviously you're up against it i think the the final game they won in like triple ot right one nothing i think in triple ot
1: uh, our secret to success was outworking teams playing a real disciplined system and outworking teams but colorado Worked as hard as we did, and they had quadruple the talent with guys like Sackick and Forsberg and Foot, and they had Patrick Waugh net that didn't hurt either. So they were. I lost three Stanley Cups, and that's the only one that I can kind of go, Yeah, well, we weren't going to win that one. So speaking
4: of that, we go, You're four years in Florida, and then, like, I mean, I know it turned out, but you must have been going, What? When they're like, Ah, oh, yeah, we traded you to Buffalo. Huh? Like, it must have been like, no, I don't want to go there. I mean, obviously, it turned out well, but were you like
1: shocked when you had to go to Buffalo? I was not shocked. And the only reason I wasn't shocked was because Lindy Ruff was the assistant coach in Florida when I started. And he really liked me. And as soon as he signed there, I'm like, oh,
0: this
1: this might be bad. He likes me. He's going to try and trade for me. And sure as shit. Hey Rat, we traded you to Buffalo. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we we at least we were winning. Let's
3: let's uh, let's go through that. Uh, you know, I was a Dallas Stars fan, sorry, big Mike Medano fan. So uh, yeah, but you guys, you know, with Dominic Hasek, you talked about Wav playing against him. You had Hasek. What what was that character like?
1: Well, he was a character on and off the ice. Never saw a guy work as hard as Dom hashing. Like everyone kind of, they revere him for how good he was. And you hear rumblings that he might've worked hard, but he was disgusting in his competitiveness, where if you scored on him in practice, he was actually like mad, like chase you down. Curtis Brown, once they would do a three shot drill at the end of practice where you just have three shots from the slot, two shots and then a deke or whatever you wanted to do. Brownie scored three in a row on him once, and then did the woo and went straight off the ice. Dom chased him down and brought him back out. And says, "Uh-uh," and made him do it like seven or eight more times wow. till he stopped all the shots. He just he wanted to stop everything, and and so another funny story <clears throat> I tell this lots. We're playing Ottawa the first round. Daryl Shannon uh, he looks at me he goes, "Dude, aren't you nervous?" I'm like, "Well." No, I, I played in playoffs. No, I'm not, I don't get really nervous. And anyways, and then I just kind of started thinking in my head, maybe I should be nervous because we're playing Ottawa, Alfredson, and I forget all the good. They had a good team. And I looked around our room, and, you know, the D usually sit on one wall, and I'm like, me, McKee, Zitnik, Schmelek. It's kind of like, ooh, James Patrick, <laughs> who was a great guy, but at that time was old. And then you go to the next wall and it's the forwards and you're like, Shetan can score, but where are the rest? Like Rasmussen? So I'm scanning the room going, we're not that good. We're not that good. And then you get to the goalie corner and you're like, oh, that's right. We got that guy. We'll be okay. And he was unbelievable. What was
3: was Ruff like as a coach? You know, he had him twice, you said.
1: Well, as assistant coach, tons of jokes. He was the guy that kept everything light. I think it was a different era, too. It was mid-90s. There was a little more relaxed. Uh, and even uh, as far – so when I got traded to Buffalo, you're always different as a head coach, but he was still lots of fun. He was uh, – he played, right? So he kind of knew the shtick, and he was still young enough that he he remembered what it was like to be in the – Trenches and doing it day in day out, so he's really good that way. Uh, as he, I think, as he's aged, he's become more, I don't know, withdrawn from the players. But I really liked him. It, it, if you're successful and the coach plays you, you like the coach. If your team sucks and you don't get played, you hate the coach. So he liked me, and I got lots of ice.
2: Well, we all know how that uh, finals ended. Would you say you're still? pissed off about what happened there
1: yeah I, you're pissed off about it because you know damn well it shouldn't have counted I don't know that we win that series but there's no effing way that's a goal it, it's just not so I we I was in Buffalo two years ago before COVID hit and the Sabres were doing their 50th anniversary thing and Gary was there and I said so are you going to apologize to us yet or what are you and he's like I have nothing to apologize for and, I mean we were bantering about it but yeah, I think it's BS. I I still do. So, two thousand three, two thousand
3: four, you end up uh, close to home in Calgary. Was that a free agent thing, or was that a, a trade as well? Or
1: yeah, I dogged it the year before, and I was lazy and hurt lots and not playing well. So it wasn't a complete shock, but it's it's a it's a funny story because I was sitting at my brother's house about three blocks this way, uh, and I was in town for the Stampede. And it was. <laughs> Opening day is stampede, Nashville so, North. <laughs> yeah, we we're we we're getting geared up to give her. And I've been organizing a golf tournament, a charity thing in Buffalo. So I've been talking with lots of people at the office. So when the phone rang, it was a uh, from the office. So I didn't think much of it, but sure as shit, it was Darcy Regier, and he goes, "Hey, Red, how's it going?" I said, "Oh, not bad. Where am I going?" He goes, "Yeah, we traded you. Yeah, we traded you to Calgary." And I said, "Perfect. I'm already here." So it was,
0: it was kind of like
1: it was meant to be.
3: How hard did you go that stampede and that night once you heard that?
1: Well, uh, well, I got to go down. Daryl called Daryl Sutter was GM coach and he phoned and he started, yeah, he starts saying, we're really happy to have you. We're going to get you into town and get you through the medicals and all that. And I said, dude, I'm, all re- F, I'm already here. I what are you talking? He's like, oh shit! Come down to the dome. So I had my big belt buckle on and my hat, and he I, he thought that was the greatest thing ever. It's the best trade he's ever made. So <laughs> you know, we knocked it out of the park that night. <laughs> uh, so
3: the first year you're there again, uh, Stanley Cup run, man, and uh, that I want to talk about like that city and 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 what went on there, right? Like it was just electric. Saskatchewan was jumping on board and. Um, you know, you must've had so many people trying to get a piece of the action, wanting to, you know, tickets or stay with you or come party with you. And just that city was just bonkers.
1: Yeah. No one more than my brother, but yeah, there were lots of people <laughs> climbing on board. Uh, it was, again, it was one of those things where the, I think the team and the community and almost the country in a way there, cause I, I know was lots of fans across all of Canada not just Western Canada, especially Western Canada, but not just the kind of we're excited. And I think it had to do with not being in the playoffs forever. It was seven or eight years they'd missed the playoffs. We were dead in the water probably mid-November. I think we were almost dead last in, in, in the West at least. And and then I took out Roman Turk's knee and we traded for Mika Kiprasov and away we went. So it was, it was a... a everyone got behind it because I think it exemplified what Western Canada is supposed to be known as just that hard work and grit and kind of grind it out. So everyone, and and that was our team. Again, you looked at the lineup and you're going, well, other than Kipper and Iggy, there's not a lot to be impressed with, but as a whole, we
2: were pretty special. Was Kipper like, he wasn't really overly established. Was he? Like he hadn't played a ton of games. Like, did you even know who he was when you guys brought him in? Not a
1: word of a lie, man. Daryl Sutter, so Turek, I honestly did. Uh, Mike Greer burned past me on a two-on-two, two, and I had to dive, and I tripped him, and he took out Turek, and we Turek's knee was out. And so we are short a goalie, and Daryl came into the d- training room one morning, oddly I was in there, and he's like, I made a trade for a goalie. I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> Mika Kipper, I'm like, I don't know, Who? who-, who- I had no idea who this guy was, but my first shift with that guy, I knew we were playing Montreal, and there I got there's a two on one coming down on me, and I I play it my normal way where it's a tap in backdoor goal easy for those guys, and he slid across and kicked the save, and I'm turned and I'm like it's not in the net, what it has to be, <laughs> he, and I, you knew right then and there you had something special, so. It was. He was another guy that didn't like losing. Competitive, competitive, competitive. What was the
3: craziest thing you saw in the city or heard of, maybe with your friends, or when that that went on that playoff run?
1: I know my buddy from Saskatoon landed in at the airport, and he said he said the address to a cabbie, and the cabbie's like, yeah, yeah, I know how to get there. <laughs> uh, so we used good. to have. Honestly, we it was a different world and not it, maybe don't talk about this stuff. We used to have so many parties at my house <laughs> on Saturday nights. If the Flames played, the cab drivers knew. After the bar cleared out, they'd go park outside my house and just wait because <laughs> guys would walk out and flag down cabs.
2: I bet your teammates all loved you though, morale yeah,
1: guy. The, the the boys loved me. The wives hated me. I, I and I we talked
3: about this off uh, when we first started here. I remember partying at your cabin in Emma Lake, and it was like Wally Dobchucks was right next door, and Frank Dunn from uh, PA would <laughs> yeah. he would show up, and you would say, "All right, everybody on the pontoon," and we'd go across the lake to the bar. You would just jump off like two in the morning. <laughs> it's like this guy's like a millionaire in the NHL, and he's like <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. <laughs>
1: I I always took things real serious so, to a fault. Okay. So the next,
3: the lockout year, let's be on. We've talked to some guys uh, about that one, mm-hmm. that lockout year. Were you ever possibly going to go play somewhere or were you really out of shape?
1: On, no, on a serious note that I, that was my third Stanley cup loss going into that lockout and it, being old and retired. Now I can look back on it and go, I don't think I ever got over it because that I couldn't get motivated to get in shape. I didn't actually want to be around the rink. I certainly wasn't going to go to Germany or or France or somewhere to play hockey. I was distraught. Like I just was sick. And, and then the lock. came. I went on the world's, I went on the world stars tour. Not sure how I got hooked into that one. Actually, Robin Regeer, I think got me onto that. they the nhl the union offered that 24% rollback and the league said no and you basically knew there wasn't going to be any hockey that year and in a way i was relieved cuz i was not ready mentally or physically to have to go back into the into the corners and play the way you were, you had to play to have any success so did you sometimes part- not good for anyone i ended yeah. up with a wife and then kids and everything went started to unravel <laughs>
4: Did you, did you that's when uh, it all falls apart i forget
1: much downtime <laughs> i forget who we
3: talked to um but they said you know they, they did a lot of traveling they didn't play that year but they like they would pack up and just go and travel and golf and all that did did you do a lot of that
1: yeah we, tra- we actually that's i took my girlfriend wife now we went and traveled around the world we went all over so we were. Australia, Hawaii, India, Africa, South America. We kind of traveled all over and did that.
2: So Paul Brandt's song Convoy 2004, you're in the music video. Was that around that time or is that a little bit before? Tell us the story of that.
1: That was right after the finals run, which made us popular. Obviously, Paul's a huge deal out here in Calgary and and a big music star everywhere he goes. But I think the fact that we were in the finals, he reached out to the to the front office there and asked if anyone wanted to go in it and call me and i mike commodore and i drove up to i think it's wainwright where the army base is and we did it out of wainwright so yeah uh, music video of the year by the way fellas out uh, your music video of the
2: year so did you get a trophy for that too or no, no
1: the the awards were actually in calgary the fall of the year after the law lo- or the year after the lockout so the next year but training camp had just started and they wanted us to go, but Daryl was like, no, we're in training camp, focus on task at hand.
4: So I know you're, you're pretty heavily involved with a lot of charitable organizations and stuff like that around, uh, you know, around the Calgary area, any special ones you want to mention and and what are you still doing with them uh, these days?
1: Well, I still do lots with the alumni of, the alumni guys are really good here. There's all kinds of things. I mean, COVID has put a squash on most yeah. fundraising things, but that'll start picking up again. Nothing, uh, not one in particular that I'm really behind right now. When I was in Buffalo, I remember Dave Lowry in Florida used to buy tickets for, for kids in, down in Florida. And then when I went to Buffalo, you could buy a suite, a whole suite for every event that went through through the HSBC at the time. And it cost you about $1,200 because it was in Buffalo. But then when I got here, I bought a suite for kids too. So uh, we had Warner's Corner. uh, Kelly Chase, Rob Ray were two guys that kind of preached to me or not even preached, but made me realize how much giving back kind of means. And it really hit home once in Buffalo, where I just lived a few blocks from the children's hospital. And Rob Ray was a huge supporter of the children's hospital and any kind of charity that's going on there. And we would stop in there once a week or more. And then you started to get letters from some of the families about the troubles and the things they were going through. So I I think guys are involved now, but it almost feels like it's at a arm's length away where they were supporting financially. And I I want guys, I I hope guys, I don't know. I hope guys are still getting involved with a hands-on kind of thing, because uh, I did that for a girl by the name of Carly who passed away from cancer. And to this day, she's up, I got pictures of her in my office and around the house. And it's, uh, it's a sad reminder of, uh, of how much, how important
4: that can be. Yeah. I think sometimes uh, people forget that, you know, hockey stars and, 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 Guys like yourself are, are human too. And you guys get pretty attached to these kids as well.
1: Yeah. And, and I really was. We'd started a charity, Carly and I, and I, I mean, they did all the work. I tried to help out as much as possible. And it, I mean, there's sad stories everywhere, but that was another one of them where she lost her mom, she lost her dad, and then cancer took her as well. So uh, that, that charity's still ongoing. I try to get the Buffalo uh, to, to at least one of the events every year. Yeah, and and there's all kinds of good causes. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Uh, there's lots out there.
3: What do you think? Are you doing any radio or TV in Calgary once in a while? You're kind of still doing that. First, my my question actually, I want to ask you is how bad do they need a, a new rink there?
1: <laughs> they need a new rink. They really do. I mean, the best thing about the Saddle Dome, and it only it only helps about a hundred people, is the. The real expensive sweets are really low and close to the ice. So those are great. Other than that, you can't get for a piss during the break. You can't get a beer. You can't it's just it's time. And when you see all the other ranks out there, you're like, man, we we're missing out. So uh it's getting ancient and it I I thought they were starting, but apparently the budget's too high again, and they got to re-readjust some things. Now she's now she's spending too much money. Yeah. yeah, we're building parking lots for eighty million. Apparently.
3: Yeah. Speaking of a guy that likes his nachos, um, <laughs> what uh, what Stampede going to look like this year in Calgary? Have you heard?
1: Everyone's going to be excited. I don't know. I think Kenny, uh, he finally said things are going to be open. And there are a lot of Albertans anxious to get back at her. So uh, I'm sure it'll be different, but there'll be everyone will be jacked up. I'll say that
3: before we get to our rapid fire, which we always kind of wrap it up with. I got to ask this. this, I was going to put this in the rapid fire, but you'll probably have a better story. What's the guiltiest you remember playing or maybe you and a few guys? Because we've had some great stories on this one for some of the other guys.
1: Stupid Doug Gilmore. What a... <laughs> we're in Buffalo, and we go and play in Toronto, and Dougie's a god. Uh, like a like He's a god in Toronto. So I go out with Dougie in Toronto, and we're giving her, and I somehow lost my watch, and I lost track of time, and uh, I made it in really, really late. And I remember in the first period – I'm out against Matt Sundin, and he's got the puck in our end, and I'm chasing him around the net. And about two times I did this around the net thing, and then I just stopped by the post because I'm like, I'm not catching him. I'm just going to stop here. (laughs) Basically resting on the net, watching him go around. I was dying. (laughs) And the worst part about it is Gilmore wasn't playing, and and honestly, I looked up. And there he was, sitting in the stands behind a net, laughing at me. The son of
3: a—so <laughs> uh, good. Okay, so rapid fires—how we we wrap them up? Sometimes they're short answers, sometimes they're not. I'm going to start uh, with the first one. What was your favorite minor hockey rink to play in when you when you think back?
1: Oh, I hated going to Warman because it was always 7:30 on Sunday morning. My favorite minor hockey rink, Archibald Arena. I don't even know if it's still going now. Yeah. The old Archibald. That was nice and close to home. It was. The home
3: field.
2: Smallest rooms, though. That and Kinsman. I didn't get it. Yeah. You scored 24 goals in your NHL career, over 700 games. What was, uh, what was the first one? Tell us a quick rundown on how you got the first one.
1: It was about 160 games into the career. So it took a while. Uh, season or two but we were in Boston and uh old Robbie Talis the famous Seattle Seahawk was in the net and uh I it was really something I shot it at the net and it happened to go in I think everyone was shocked so that was the yeah, that was the highlight no one even <laughs> thinking about it it took so long it was brutal
4: favorite road barn or road city in the show I loved playing in
1: Philly cuz they hated you I loved it. We played the last game ever in the Philadelphia spectrum. We beat them uh double OT. Mike Huff scored on Ron Hextall to put to bed the old Philly spectrum. Uh, and I just, I loved the, just the pure hate. They didn't dislike you and they didn't want you to lose. They wanted you to die. Like they <laughs> wanted you to die. And if they could hurt you for a while before you died, even better. Like they just, so anytime you could go into Philly and give them the finger, it was
2: great. I don't know how often you were uh, healthy, scratched or injured, but what's the best uh, food at any of the rinks in the league?
1: Oh, the hot dogs in Montreal. I'm sure everyone (laughs) says. Uh, I really liked and somehow, somewhere I found this sneaky little corner in Anaheim where they had dip. I love chips and dip and they had (laughs) chips and dip, I would just mow that thing. Just take the whole big bowl for myself. Uh, Favorite coach? Uh, Daryl Sutter. I I liked Daryl. I I mean, I had great coaches. Uh, Doug McLean was great. He was really laid back, and he gave me a chance to to play. Uh, Lindy Ruff, obviously, who had a good relationship with. I liked Daryl, though, because I I got Daryl. A lot of guys are almost intimidated or didn't know how to react to Daryl. I, I kind of understood it. I, and I know damn well half the time after he gave you shit and he'd, he'd go back and ripped you one, he'd go back in the office and be laughing about how good he got you. So <laughs> I like Daryl.
4: Most talented teammate you ever played with?
1: Oh, that's tough. There's a guy, uh, uh, Kozlov in Florida, Big uh, big Victor Kozlov. He could have dominated anytime he wanted. He was, what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and just silky smooth skate when he wanted to. Like, he was the guy, like, in practice, I try to be competitive, and you do the stupid one-on-one drills. And typically on a one-on-one, you're going to do all right. He's He would go through me. Like, it was just, choo, choo, just gone. So he's the one guy that stands out as to be kind of skilled that maybe nobody remembers.
2: You mentioned you're not a hard o hockey dad. Are you? Do you follow the NHL closely, and do you like where the game is at?
1: Well, I do do a radio show on on hockey and sports, so I have to follow it somewhat. But I, I can fake my way through a few episodes. But I, I, I'm a hu- I like baseball. I'm a big uh, Vladdy Junior fan. I've been lots watching lots of ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I love NFL football. I like said Ben in my Sundays with the. Big thing of nachos, tray of nachos, and a couple pints <laughs> on the couch watching football. Nothing can beat that. So, and hockey we watch. We're can, I'm Canadian. I'm, I know what it's. Hockey's always on, right? If The TV's on. It's usually a hockey game. Favorite ref? I hate refs. They're weird. <laughs> I'll tell you, it wasn't Carrie Fraser calling a penalty on Andy Ference with two minutes left in Game Seven in Tampa Bay. This summer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Last one. Favorite uh, Saskatoon establishment or tavern back in the day. The Patricia
1: Hotel, baby. Pat. I would if I could go to any bar ever, that might be the one. The yeah. mini pitchers, couldn't get enough of them.
3: The Brisky boys probably sitting
1: in the back <laughs> there and yeah. Even my mom got drunk at the Pat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey man, this has been awesome. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot.
1: Anytime, boys. It. Anytime.
3: The interview wrap up for twenty twenty Geomatics, Malcolm Vanstone and his team. They are your land surveyors in Saskatchewan. Look them up, twenty twenty Geomatics. Oh, guys, he was great. What a character!
4: Yeah, what a gem, man. He uh, he he lives by the uh, hilariousness,
2: honestly, and uh, yeah, giving her that was good. Pretty open, like about. I liked how he talked about how he was like a top five pick, and then he got into the. Gourmet meals for mom and a couple of pops and some nachos and fell to twenty seventh.
3: I, I had no idea that that freaking playoff run with the Panthers where he played 20 playoff games. and went to the final. He was 19. And then Boz, you mentioned that, that year,
2: he only played like 28 games, 28 regular season games. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch a lot. He thought he was going to get sent back to junior, never did. And uh, cool thing about that, I don't think he mentioned this either. His three teams he went to the Stanley Cup finals with, it was all in his first year with that team. So, yeah, liked going to a new home and unfortunately couldn't uh, couldn't win it all.
3: Yeah, it was good. Let's uh, keep things going, boys. And uh, let's mention now, I think, Belch, you're going to get into the beer thing here right away reminding Balties, but I, we got to remind people if you're buying sticks this year golf clubs callaway and the monday nooner and elk ridge if you want to go up there four rounds of golf and two and two nights in beautiful elk ridge this fall all you got to do is buy callaway clubs in the province screenshot us your receipt or odyssey putter and you're entered to draw in the draw that we're going to draw in august so still some time callaway clubs kyle duffin he's got his uh hookups all around the province and we've got like i said we got receipts in from pa lloyd saskatoon Regina, everywhere so Callaway and the monday nooner there you go saskatchewan receipt and you're in to win that elk ridge prize pack
4: yeah speaking of beers barn hey if you guys got uh you know your ball team your slow pitch team hey maybe your flag football team get uh hey call down to the board give shoot us a dm we'll give you the code hook you up with some beers from uh, from Great Western Brewing. You're drinking them anyway, boys. You may as well suck on some eh, seltzers. Oh, there's no shame in a few peach seltzers. You can get those, some coppers, throw a little clam in your
3: backpack. Oh, here we and, go. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Boz is uh, working on a two-day hangover. He's got a story.
2: Yeah, oh, no here more we go. liquor. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about liquor anymore. No offense to Original 16. I drank a lot of those on the weekend. <laughs> but uh, funny story. So one of my buddies from back home, Jarvis is his name he always loved bowling like he was bowling guy like no matter where we were like so we went to Seattle for a NFL game and we had a 12-hour layover in Vancouver and there's three of us and we're like okay we all get to pick one activity for two hours so my one buddy's like let's go to Stanley Park I can't remember I found a patio somewhere surprise surprise and our other buddy Booked a bowling lane in this downstairs basement in Vancouver. We're like nicest city in Canada. We're in this dungeony bowling alley for two hours. But uh <laughs> What's his name? bowling guy. What's his name? His name is Jarvis. Jarvis. Loves, we call him Harvey. Uh, long story, but uh, loves bowling. Every weekend we'd get together and be like, boys, want to go bowling? What's the Fairhaven in Saskatoon? Yeah. What- <clears throat> so I was with him not too long ago. And he's just got like cases and cases of original 16. I'm like, wow, like really stocked up there. He's like, yeah, they had a promotion. If you bought a case, you got a free bowling voucher. <laughs> <laughs> so he had like eight cases <sighs> of <O-16>. 016. <laughs> Jarvis. So the- oh my God. It's been like, an it's been a 10 year
3: thing. We've been training. getting that's a- amazing. Getting after it. I am going hard brew house ultras the new ones that are a little lower on the carbs and uh and seltzers next week in waska at the Lobstick. i haven't when i hit waska sunday night guys i haven't touched any alcohol in three weeks it's a long that's a long time for me
2: after my previous weekend i probably won't look at it for three weeks either
3: (laughs) dill pickle vodka you'll be back and making caesars this week
2: no, maybe maybe not. Maybe the weekend, but yeah.
3: They they still got that dill pickle on sale too. Hey, everybody, heads up out there! Dill pickle vodka on sale. Last Mountain Distillery. It's all the locals, oh, the local goodness of Last Mountain. So, time for the senior hockey soiree for Freeze Tallman Lumber, and I think we talked about this through text message here. Unfortunate circumstance up north, boys, in Meadow Lake metal lake Stampeders, Peter's, longtime senior hockey wagon up there some great teams we had uh nasty marasty on in one of our earlier episodes he was talking about how good they were going to be this year so maybe next year but the metal lake freaking rink burnt down did you guys hear this
2: yeah devastating yeah. i kind of uh was in the midst of that two-day hangover so i wasn't paying attention too much but i saw it come across the my phone screen and yeah really devastating i played in that rink a- couple times it was always a tough barn to play in and uh, yeah, played a little senior there, played provincials there as a kid. Really unfortunate and we're recording early this week. I'm not sure if much has come out uh, really has it in terms of what, what went down and everything.
3: No, I think that they're, the last I read, they were looking for a suspicious vehicle. They think they started the canteens kind of attached outside. Yeah. It's attached whenever it's it started in there. Man, I played in that. see, it wasn't really a native tournament, but I think it was. I played for, I think, Pachinac a few times in that tournament up there in the spring. And uh, fucking, that's when they allowed smoking in the rinks back, you know, mid-90s. And it was like you'd come out and it was packed, right? a lot of times and it was just a smoke haze it was just uh, it was an intimidating barn to play senior in boss i don't know what you found it big
2: time honestly if this yeah if they're looking for a vehicle or a suspect like scum of the earth to do that to your rank like just poor kids right disgusting yeah
3: what, I think, you know, Morasti talked about how they have a nice uh, rink out in the Reds there where he is, but I don't know how far that is. But A lot of these kids now, what are they, you know, outdoor rink, I guess, but where are they going to play, you know, the organized hockey in the in the area next year, not even just senior?
4: Yeah, it's really unfortunate, that's for sure, and uh, we wish them the best, and hopefully they can get back up rocking here sooner than later
3: see the senior hockey and the senior hockey soiree we still want uh sneak us slide us into our dms if you got any inside info on what's going on in the leagues around because boz was mentioned in the back and forth on twitter between wadina and craig what do you got there
2: well just chatting with a lot of buddies that uh, play senior hockey and and they were talking about our senior hockey top 10 one guy was like i just love that like how much pot that stirred last year and he plays for the Lashburn Flyers. A lot of my buddies play for the Lashburn Flyers and we had them as an honorable mention and they brought that up, but we got in a pretty heated, uh, debate after a few about top senior players. And, uh, yeah, I think that might like, that's a huge rabbit hole to go down. And obviously we don't know all the players, but this was like a a. 3am. Like you honestly think that guy is a top five player, like crazy how passionate people are. And, uh, yeah, we might have to do some sort of poll where people submit to us who the top uh, top players are.
3: Oh, my. Talk about a rabbit hole. If we go down oh. that, oh, the messages we'll get from guys. It's like, he scored 60 the one year. Yeah, what league, what competition? Uh, wow. Well, yeah,
4: that's a 3 a.m. drinking one for sure. Yeah, for sure. It'd be like going down. We could do the top 10 truck guys.
2: My truck, my Dooley's got way more spikes on it than your Dooley does. (laughs) I saw somebody else on Twitter posted a picture of a truck with the spikes. I think it might have been the same truck that you were talking about on the show. Just a random tweet that came up on my timeline of a truck spike guy. So you brought that up last show, Belter, and it's kind of making some waves on social media. It's amazing
3: we're gonna go back to uh, some senior hockey interviews in the next couple episodes last week was kyle ross as boz mentioned but yeah keep us updated on what's going on in the senior hockey loop this summer out there in the senior hockey soiree always brought to you by freeze and lumber more than a lumber yard in regina and fort capel proud supporters of local hockey everywhere
2: yeah, sticking with that senior hockey trend and uh, a popular segment that we, we have done on the show, the Senior Hockey Player of Yesteryear for Ritchie Brothers Auctioneers. Of course, summer auction season is uh, here. Lots of different farm auctions throughout June. Lots of different site sales. Regina, Saskatoon, Brandon, Manitoba. Uh, and, and like I mentioned, over 40 farm auctions this summer. Check them out, rbauction.com. Senior Hockey Player of Yesteryear and uh, Shink, we had just talked about Metal Lake. You were going to give them some love in this segment as well.
3: Yeah, let's, uh, like you said, Boz, let's give some love to the Meadow Lake Stampeders, played in the Wild Goose League forever, and then the North Sask River Hockey League. You know, you go down their uh, stats, franchise all-time points leaders, from what they've collected, Ashton McIntyre, 64 games, 151 points. He's also the uh, all-time leader in goals, 64 games and 83 goals guy's not bad i think i played against this guy a long time ago dustin gorst maybe it was logan gorst those are
2: chuck wagon drivers up there too they were tough as nails yeah cowboys
3: yeah chuck with anybody calvin fiddler remember that guy he played up there remember him
2: yeah absolutely one guy that comes to name to mind for me was their old goalie rick dallin i swear he played for like 20 years or more like he played he was probably 40 when i was up there
3: you just, yeah, because he was late in the mid two thousand five ish, and then um and then there was Len Esau, who like had a pro stint. He played a ton of senior there too. Those were yeah elder statesmen on that barn. You go in there, just tough. Yeah. I think uh, Jason. Jason Hitchings and we were playing up there once took this nastiest can concussion ever and we were in the dressing room together after injured and he he's like, "Well, I'm going to pop some ephedrine and have some beer. I'm not going back out." <laughs> like, "What are you doing, Hitch? You don't need Effies." So yeah, unfortunate uh, everyone in metal lake, hopefully they can rebuild quick. Yes, yeah, so a couple players from yesteryear year there for Richie Brothers Auctioneers.
4: This is Dave from Newcastle, Australia. Take a seat, son.
0: This is Andrea from Sick and loose BC. Take a seat, son.
1: This is Donnie Bailey, South Boston, Massachusetts,
2: selfie. Take a seat, son. Take a seat, son. All right, let's get into the take a seat, son. For the rusty shovel, how about a shout out to Sean Stefan? I know he's happier than shit tonight. Is Montreal Canadiens off to the final four in the uh, Stanley Cup uh, playoffs? I know he took a little jab at us on social media about uh, how cocky he is because Shane had mentioned that Sean was feeling good, and I bet she's feeling even better now that the Habs are in that final four. Rusty Shovel, your friendly neighbourhood landscape shop, Regina area landscaping made easier, design, supply, support, serving DIYers and uh, contractors throughout southern Saskatchewan. So take a seat, son.
4: Okay, boys, well, you guys are it around there. I will get this party started. My take a seat, son, this week.
2: So I'm just going to have to jump in here as I edit the podcast. Shane Belter went on a bit of a tangent here on the show. Um, he decided after we recorded that he wanted the comments he made cut out because of the snowflake society that we live in, and he figured somebody would get offended by what he had to say in his take a seat, son, for the rusty shovel. So we decided for the next 10 seconds, instead of hearing Shane's rant, you will hear music from Mozart.
4: In my opinion, just my opinion. So for that, take a seat, son.
3: Boz isn't touching this one with a 10 foot pole. So I'm going to go now to take a seat, son. Mine is if you guys have been watching the NHL playoffs over the last few days, the new heavy commercial, not the shitty Tim Hortons one, is oh. this is this knocking fridge one. commercial? It's like, I don't get it. You knock your fridge to look what's in it. And I said to my wife, I'm like, no, why? What? She's like, well, then the kids do, don't open it and look what's in there. I'm like, they're still going to open the bloody fridge and keep it open and look around. So, I don't know. Anyone buying that knocking fridge, take a seat.
2: Which Tim Hortons commercial is worse. The velvety, velvety, smooth rap one where they got like the rapper oh, and the artist or the the one with the players where it's like Shea Weber, first ballot Hall of Famer. Something about dry saddle. It's like he's not even the best player on his team. I, I, they're both terrible. The lady that, um,
3: she likes dry saddle, right? At the beginning, the lady, she got like yeah. a leopard print jacket yeah. on. Yeah. I was like, who the hell, why do I know that lady? And I think dead serious. I'm not even fucking joking here. I think that was the lady that was at the Brett Kissel concert in the sunroof.
2: <laughs> I'm dead serious.
3: No, I, that's what I,
4: that's what my mind
2: <laughs> says. Well, at least she got out of the car, I guess.
4: I got one more today, guys. I've seen a headline that the rub and tugs in Regina have not complied, none of them apparently, in the last six months with the orders of the city to uh, improve whatever they're supposed to improve. And if you go on any of the leader posts, posts on this and go on, the comments on the Facebook section are fabulous. The one I, I really liked is the guy uh, clicked in there and he says, I'm going to have to stick around just to make sure there's a happy ending. So yeah, the, uh, the, the city police in the city of Regina, just take a seat let the boys go get some rubbing tugs in regina they are not
2: hurting nobody so you mean like the massage parlors like the ones yeah, that the are parlors. open at 3am apparently they on had cuz to... that's yeah, illegal isn't it to, like... technically
4: isn't it well, Yeah, had to you had 6 months or what you had 6 months or whatever to come up to some code or do some something i don't know none of them apparently have done that's... it and people are like wow shocker
3: <laughs> that's a that's a business sector that just baffles me I don't get it. I And then the, the guys that walk in and out of them, man, they look so embarrassed. Belter's
2: like, I just got my fifth. Now I get my sixth one free.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I got a punch
2: card? <laughs> all these punch cards falling out of my wallet.
3: Silverado truck guy with the Harley Davidson stickers picks you up. You guys go. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the piss on Ford sticker in the back. Uh... Huh.
3: Really? So do you have one this week? buzz or are you
4: taking the taking a week
2: off anything from shane, your travels shane had uh shane had two so i'll sit one out this week Kay. and uh, reload for next week i forgot about this one let's see did you read today
3: nearly all of the COVID cases nearly i said all of the COVID cases in sask hospitals are unvaccinated people hmm fancy that uh, the anti vaxxers are still i don't i don't uh, too bad we don't live in a society where you could uh if you don't get it you forfeit your free health care. That would be a message.
2: From what I read, Saskatchewan really needs people to uh, get buzz into on the vaccinations if they want to get to the stage three by, what is it, three weeks after June 20th. Uh, and the masks to not be allowed in indoor gatherings. Like, it sounds like people are really going to have to buckle down if they want to. And obviously, we all want that. So hopefully people uh, get it done. Had a couple of buddies today that went and got their second shot the
4: drive-thru. Said it wasn't very busy at all.
3: And AstraZeneca yeah,
4: just went in there and got buzzing.
3: Yeah, if you got the AstraZeneca, you're supposed to go yesterday and today. There's take a seat, son, for the rusty shovel, and uh, that's uh, that's about it, eh, fellas? It was a little, it was Wigfield last week with the deep cut to take us out. How about uh, we go back to country this week? And again, this is just me doing this. Send me the hate mail. Little uh, Rick Trevino running out of reasons to run. That is a that's a good toe-tapper, and you're going to make you want to drink some whiskey. Guaranteed.
2: Remember to play the Monday Nooner Pick'Em for GB Construction. Big shout-out to them. Have a great week. There's a long, stretch of blacktop underneath
3: the cloudless sky. There's my truck, washed and
1: gashed stitching for a ride. If this has
0: been six months ago, I know
2: i